You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Finished Stranger Things yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, man, did we? Okay. So, <laughs> so where do you stand? Where uh, you, you said that with a little more trepidation. Than, well, uh, than because I. we talked last week about like how season one's better than season two, which I still so, agree. Yeah, but only because of that one episode, mm-hmm. that notorious episode. Now that everyone's talking really? about, really, episode seven mm-hmm. from Street. You know what I'm talking about? Or do you mean episode eight? Uh, oh no, it was episode. <laughs> it seven. is episode seven, but it's about the character of eight. Yeah. Spoiler alert: If you haven't watched uh, Stranger Things, it's a little too early I'm for us little, to be. I'm a little disappointed with, with the season <laughs> like, as I, a whole. I liked it. It's still good. I'm just disappointed. I felt like there were like I still stand where I was last week, where I feel like the Duffer Brothers. I think we're capable of better. They're better than this. Yeah. You say that, and I was watching it with a very critical eye, knowing that you had said that last week. Um, and still, uh, it's you can't deny it's it's really good storytelling. It's like good. from it, the acting to the the writing, and I mean like the dialogue. You may not like the story, but I, just, uh, I didn't like the, sharp I didn't dialogue. like the pacing of it. I didn't like the way that they that like how everything came together. The, I was like, yes, uh. they kind of um, they felt like you owed it to them. To sit through that first pilot episode, not pilot, that first episode of that second season. Not just like, that, I felt like the whole thing, like, yeah. shit didn't really start to, like, pick up until episode, like, six. It was like five, five or six. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, finally they're, like, they're getting into it. They're and then they completely stopped. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then, like, Eleven goes to New York. That's, that's exactly what, you're absolutely right about that spinoff. <laughs> that is a blatant spinoff Oh, attempt. sure. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the audience is not having any of it. No, thankfully. and they and they shouldn't. No, I'm not interested in those characters. I, no, I gave them a chance, and like even that they the, introduced this character like she's going to play a part, like a, a integral integral part yeah. in what's going to happen the in the first climax of the show in uh, season two. That like Eleven's going to do her thing, like she does at the end of the series, uh, at the end of the season, and that like Eight is going to show up and like be like, you know what, fuck it. You know, I, we owe it to you to help you out. Nope, she's having yeah. her adventures murdering in Chicago. Yeah, apparently <laughs> that's that's fun. I guess that's like a Tom Hanks uh, rom com. <laughs> Murder in Chicago, <laughs> sleepless in Seattle. It's like Road to Perdition if it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Be so weird. Uh, oh, dude. So what did hey, you do this weekend? Well, I know what you did this weekend. What did I do this weekend? Not nearly as exciting as what happened to you. <laughs> Flipping that. That I, clock? I broke, I broke a tooth. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I was talking more about your 40th birthday. Dude, wow, thanks, thanks for letting everybody know. Over the Hill Club. Well, whatever. No, you mentioned I it mentioned last time. I mentioned it week. last time. No, you're right. Um, and I got I got to say, like, I got some uh, some wonderful birthday wishes. It was really nice of folks. In fact, one of our listeners... Um, Happy birthday, by the who way. Was, uh, thank you so much, mm-hmm. man. Uh, one of our listeners who I was, like, social media friends with for a while, uh, Valerie. Oh, yeah. Um, she sent me an email. It was very nice. Nice. Um, and it, to get a little real for a little bit, um, you break know, break it down, break it down. There was a there, there there was a point where I kind of like, um, I guess, jumped off the grid when oh. it came to social media friend Valerie because it, it comes back around to like when my mother passed away. Oh yeah, and I felt like there was a little too much familiarity there. Hmm. You know, I don't know if there's any way that I can. No, I'm trying absolutely. to put it tactfully. Like it, it just it was it was like. Mm, Getting a little too familiar, you know. That's not that's not where we are. That's not who we are. Uh, and I kind of did the block game, and it was just like blocked. Yeah. Uh, but ever since then, like she's 
she's always very encouraging and she encourages it with this podcast yeah, and friend stuff. of the show um and and supportive and i i guess uh, i'm sorry for the blockage well, and stuff like that like yeah, listen but, facebook but, people do that all but the it time. was very nice it was very nice of you val to send the birthday wishes and stuff that was very nice and i wanted to actually um i don't know i i, I guess acknowledge that here publicly on the podcast that was very nice oh, that's big of you um you call me fat? <laughs> I knew it. The minute those words came out of my mouth. Uh, so yeah, I had my 40th birthday. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much, dude. And you Over guys, it was hill. so nice you guys to come on out and do dinner and stuff. That was the least we could uh, do. You paid for the freaking, both, what, Uber lifts or whatever it is that we took out. Oh, it was like 10 bucks, dude. Um, no, but still, it was it was really nice of you guys. Yeah, and we had a good time. We went to Idle Rye in Deep Ellum. And it turns out we were there at the same time as <laughs> Chef Michelle from Hell's Kitchen. Are you kidding? Who's from Dallas. No way. Yeah, she she was just into... I follow... There's some Hell's Kitchen and reality TV people that I follow on like Snapchat or Instagram. No shame. And so... Uh, you don't have to say it in a low voice. I checked like the next day I'm going through my Instagram stuff and I'm like, wow. Nice. She, she was there at the same time. Uh, that's cool. Um, we're famous. I know, right? But not. <laughs> uh, so, no, that was neat. And then the next day... Uh, I had to do my load in for the show that I'm working on. Yeah, you on. did. And I don't know what that means. Wait, Jay wait, wait. came by and we uh, we did some video gaming and stuff. We watched. Ooh, what'd you play? Uh, we watched Baywatch. The, oh, the, the new Baywatch one. movie with Sarah, which I'm very curious about. It's funny. Yes, it's. It looks like it will be. It's not great, but it, it's fine. it was. It was a but funny it's not movie. like 18 percent or whatever it had on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And not no, it, I think it deserved better than that. It was. It was a funny movie. A little. Um, uh, a, a little dude humorish, a little too. Uh, you, you get that impression from well, dude. <laughs> a little too gross humory, but yeah. But think, I mean, think about where it's coming from from oh, that TV sure. show that yeah. totally catered towards men. Got well, chicks catered towards men. It was yeah, it was very misogynistic. Yeah. So it's it's almost like it was making fun of that. Mm. But it got a little like the, some of the humor. You sit there and watch and go. Eh, you didn't really have to go that far with it, but oh yeah. But it's okay. rated R, and we can, so we will. Exactly. People love South Park. People love South Park, <laughs> and they love Baywatch. Uh, but no, the the movie was it was funny, and man, just fucking full of hot ass chicks and skimpy swimsuits. I was wondering how long it would take before you brought up There's, Alexandra Dar- well, Daddario. I, you know me. I love Alexandra Daddario. I do too. You uh, made me a believer. But there is a uh, there's True a woman believer. here that plays the uh, Pam Anderson character. Oh, oh yeah. And oh her yeah. Name, her name is Kelly Rohrbach? Yes. Holy shit. Oh yeah. What? Worth wow. the rent alone. Like I felt I felt horrible and at the same time I was a little thankful that like Jay was sitting between Sarah and I cuz oh, I'm yeah. like she's getting all hot and Jesus bothered. Jesus Christ. The boner police are here. I demand a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a good looking lady, man. That's all I'm saying. Like, like some of the name as I type her like, into Kelly uh, IMDb. Rohrbach. Mm-hmm. or just look up Baywatch. There we go. No, this is easier. Yeah, there she is, right oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize her from the. Oh wow, she is a bit of all right. Yeah, she's good looking lady, from man. From New York. That is a uh, very very textbook. Beautiful. Yes. There's <laughs> no yeah, way around it. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, charismatic. She but was talented. actually pretty, pretty yeah. funny in the movie, too. Every now and then, you get a Margot Robbie, right? You get, yeah. uh, you get a... Cam- Harley Quinn was played by Margot Robbie. Or Cameron Diaz. Have you seen the trailers for I, Tanya? Uh, why does that sound very familiar? Where Margot Robbie plays Tanya Harding? Oh, shit. I just saw that trailer. Yes. Dude, that looks fucking great. Although, uh, really giving a, a compliment to... Uh, yeah, look, she's just, I'm flipping through the images here on IMDb and... Uh, <laughs> We're both just stunted by 
her ass. Her yes. <laughs> the swimsuit like just climbing up. Deep down, her. we're all just kind of we're just animals. Aren't yeah, we? it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, and great at the same time. So no, we we did that, and then Jay and I played some uh, Mario Odyssey. Yes. Oh man, I can't. Like, I was very tempted to if I had a spare four hundred dollars. If I had a spare four hundred. Life is like a fiddler on the roof. Uh, but yeah, if I had an extra four hundred dollars, uh, it would no longer be in my hands because yeah. I have a switch with Mario on it. Yeah, I've been watching that on Twitch. Here's the thing: Switch on Twitch, Switch on Twitch. Um, it's a fun game, but Nintendo has now done this thing twice. They did it with Breath of the Wild, okay, and now they're doing it with this Mario game. It's an RPG. Well, no, <laughs> it, it's that it's the fucking having to collect a fuck ton of something. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, I heard there's like six hundred moons or something. Six hundred moons, just kind of like there's the nine hundred Karak seeds or whatever in Legend of Zelda. It's un- who, Dude, who would too, do that? Too much, too vast. There's just I don't mind just a straightforward, fun platforming game. You know, that's it, it feels like we're kind of going away from what Mario was about. Not that this game isn't fun. It's a fun game. Sure. I guess it's just not the Mario game I wanted right now. I kinda, <laughs> but it's the one you deserve. I didn't want another mechanic, and I get it. Like that's the challenge of making a game. You can't keep making the same thing over and over and over again, or else you have Call of Duty. Like that's basically <laughs> it. And because not that Call of Duty's bad, it's great if that's the kind of game you, you like. like. Same thing with Street it, Fighter. It scratches that itch. Just, just like, the exactly, same game just like over Fighter. and over again. Um, but like with Mario, it's I get it. You have to kind of innovate every once in a while, and mm. Nintendo's pretty good at that. I just I'm getting I get annoyed <laughs> sometimes I'm like annoyed with the whole like throw your hat like the controls are different you've you've spent 20 years knowing the controls for Mario 64 right and that's kind of how this game plays but then there's this whole other thing about throwing your fucking hat that's how I felt about Mario Sunshine on the GameCube yeah because you had that jet pack that uh, spurted water yeah the water you had pack to, like, spray things off or you yeah. had you could levitate with it and it was just, just like just a, a game about money shots <laughs> just <laughs> fucking <laughs> coming all over the place that's why I see Splatoon and I'm like oh it's basically just about like the, it's like this under underlying theme of just like coming on everything <laughs> Unfortunately, that name was taken, <laughs> so they had to invent one. <laughs> but yeah, sperm tune. I remember thinking, like, yeah, this is, this is way too much for a Mario game. Yeah, like, isn't it enough to just like jump around and get out your seat? <laughs> just go jump around. Uh, so that that's kind of how I feel. Not that I don't like Odyssey, I do. I like it. I'll it's take it off your hands. You it's fucking wonderful. Uh, it's yeah, just, it does look pretty. It's just tough, and maybe you know what? Maybe this is because of where I am in my life now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it if I was still. And I'm not lamenting that I'm not a single guy anymore. I'm not wishing that I was a single guy still. Sure. All I'm doing is making an observation that maybe if I was still single, it wouldn't feel as overwhelming as it does now. I know. We're uh, we're playing the SNES Classic. Um, actually, Brag. Jen is in the, uh, the other room. We ended up with two of them. Dude, I had to sell one to a friend. It's, because so, we, it's so funny. I came walking dip. in and I heard, like, I was like, is that Zelda music? Do, 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 do. Yeah. So, so fucking We've been nerdy. playing that on, uh, on the old SNES Classic. Uh, and just with the four buttons and the two shoulder buttons, like I kind of feel like that's enough. Yeah. Like when I got that Xbox One, it was overwhelming. <laughs> it's like there's two joysticks and there's a D pad and there's like eight buttons and five triggers oh, yeah. and a home button. And I'm like, you can't squeeze any more inputs into this. this Input. Sounding dirty. <laughs> well, I got that when I got the um, the Xbox One Elite, mm. and it came with the oh. new like Elite controller with like the customizable buttons and yeah, shit. Yeah. And it's got, like, flippers on the back. What? Like, you could customize some flipper buttons on the back, too. Like a pinball machine? I think I took a picture of it back in the day when I first got it. I was like, what new devilry is this? (laughs) And I don't think I've ever used that controller. And I'm going to have to soon 
Because the Why? fucking Xbox One controller that we've been using forever, yeah. I think, has been through the ringer just too many times. And when I try to navigate the menu, Uh-oh. like it sticks and then it like skips a couple. Oh, uh, then... no. That is going to be very important. Yeah. You need so that to be accurate. We need to, uh, we might need to look into getting a different controller. Uh, but yeah, that's the, <laughs> the long and short of it. Let's spend 20 minutes talking about what I did over the weekend. <laughs> we'll cut all that out. Yeah. No, no, it's a big deal because you're, you're turning 40. I've turned and 40. You should do the things that you enjoy friends and dinner and video games yeah. and all the aforementioned. And uh, maybe watching some of our favorite movies. Yeah, well, I, I did one of that. Oh. I did one of those before we get into this. Uh, the other day, um, I, I went and saw The Shining. They did a screening of The oh, Shining. Cool. Oh, is at, that why you're wearing the shirt? That's why I'm wearing this shirt. And what was the occasion? Is it an it's, anniversary? It's or every year my sister and I, like every year since 1997 or 98, mm-hmm. My sister and I would see The Shining. We'd either watch it on video or... It's weird, weird family. I know. It's kind of a weird family tradition. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. My sister and I, we both like some twisted stuff. But when it comes to like that cross-section of movies mm-hmm. that we enjoy together, um, it's actually... It's not as broad as you would think it would be. Um, and like no, she, was, she was never into like the slasher flicks, like yeah. the Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Listen, even if you grew up in the same household, as close as you are, there's still a breakdown gender lines, yeah. right? As far yeah. as what uh, people prefer in their films sometimes. And, and uh, you know, being a Stephen King fan, growing up a Stephen King fan, and I know Stephen King hates this movie. Yes. But I'm one of the people I think that the movie is creepier and scarier than the book. Uh, and so I enjoy it. Like I watch it because it truly disturbs me it and is, scares me. That's the exact word to use: disturbing. Um, and so it turns out my sister really likes it too. Hmm. There are a lot of things going on. A lot of things that Kubrick is doing with The Shining. Have you that seen that documentary, Room Two Three Seven? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Me neither. But it's been on my Netflix. I know. For I, like I, wa- I want to watch it so badly. But I hear there's so many little hidden things. But there. But I mean, there's. There is a level of technical performance that fucking Kubrick is Kubrick is doing in this movie, famously known for. That is just like outstanding. Yeah. It's outstanding, and the way that he's able to kind of imprint the layout of the Overlook Hotel without like making it too terribly obvious, mm-hmm. like but subconsciously you are learning the layout. You know, and you're all learning the, mm-hmm. the symmetry of what's going on where a character, when a character's on floor three or something, and then another character is kind of mirroring their motions on the next floor up or the next floor down, mm. the way that he's done that or the way like, you know, Jack is walking through the Overlook Hotel while Wendy and Danny are going through the hedge maze and it's kind of like they're mirroring each other's stuff oh. and there's that shot where Jack is looking over the model of the hedge maze yes. and then it cuts to the overhead shot of Wendy and Danny in it as if he's looking down right. on them. It's so fucking great and powerful. Like the visuals of it are just so powerful and, you know, a lot of the foreshadowing and what's going on like when Danny is seeing like the blood in the hotel and... Mm-hmm. um at the very end when Wendy starts fucking seeing the things that are happening and how you start piecing things together and you're like, oh, oh man, you know, when, when Holleran dies, his, like, shining, his power is kind of, like, loose. Mm-hmm. And Danny is kind of, like, just now going wild with it and he's sending signals out and that's what Wendy's picking up on. Like, that mother-son bond, ah. she's picking up on that shine, and that's why she's now seeing the spirits and seeing the twisted shit that's going on in the hotel. Oh, I never piece that together. Oh, dude, it's, I mean, it's so, but it's never spelled out, you know? It's just kind of up to your personal interpretation. And again, there are another lots. cool thing about that movie, I don't get tired of it, but I will say this. This being, like, what, my, probably my 50th time seeing this movie? Wow. Um... 
it's a slow burn, and it's a well, slow starter. You, Kubrick is, again, another thing he's famously known for. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've started watching 2001, A Space Odyssey, and never finished it. Oh, wow. Probably seen the first half of that movie twice as many times as the <laughs> yes, second half. That. It is... Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with uh, Kubrick, mm-hmm. and I think there is something... It can be accused of being a cop-out to kind of leave it too open to interpretation. Yeah. Yep. Where it's like... Tell me what you're trying to say. It gets a little heady. Yeah. And it almost seems like it's heady for no reason. Because he doesn't know why. Right. It's like, if I make it mysterious enough, I can just say, well, what do you think it means? I don't know. And never have to answer a question. Kind of like the very end of The Shining, where it's the picture of Jack. Yes. And it's like, you know, July 4th, 1921. And you're like, wait, so is he he alive then? Or did he get, like, pulled into this... The picture and the spirits all just take their own picture. What is the, what the fuck? What is happening here? I, I think ultimately isn't that movie kind of uh, an analogy for uh, like the, uh, the the Native Americans? The Native Americans because the the hotel was built on, on an, an Indian ancient burial Indian ground. burial ground, That's right. um, and that was like the big thing around then. Uh, but it, it's <laughs> Indian burial grounds. We have poltergeist. Yeah. Oh, that's because right. Because it was it was built on a, a burial ground. Good call. Um, so. But why I'm bringing up The Shining, not only because I just watched it, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to have a lot to do with what I have to say about this movie that we're going to watch, or that we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, interesting. Did uh, not see that coming. Right here on The Editing Bay oh. on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. No matter what the case, uh, we will watch a movie every week and then come back here and talk about it with each other and mm. invite you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, they are lovely. to take part in the discussion. Uh, just go to Facebook and the search function put in the editing bay it's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes that's us that's where you could talk back to us uh and let us know what you think about our film du jour yeah. and uh special thanks to our sponsor yes and that is video blocks uh and audio blocks messaging uh what we what can we say about this like you and i have both well I've dabbled in filmmaking. You're an actual filmmaker. You say that, but we were just talking about a a, a web series that you had uh, yeah. that's also uh, selling DVD copies at, at, the very, local at, the, at, store, at a so local comic book you shop. You probably made more money in your career than <laughs> that, I have. That I've never seen. <laughs> that I will not see. But uh, but yeah, that was funny. You showed me the picture. You're like, dude, is that you? And I'm like, yep, yep, that's me. <laughs> They still have those up on their counter. But no matter the budget, I'm sure mm-hmm. when you were making that that uh, the variants, your webs, uh, webisode, webba, webba. Yeah, webba, 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 WB. Well, we be, <laughs> I'm just going to do that. Uh, did you need some stock footage every now and then? Yes. Maybe some music, some royalty-free music? ridiculous trying to find, trying to find royalty-free stuff that like fits what it is that you're trying to put together is a bitch. And that it's you can afford. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So you need the variety mm-hmm. and you need the price. You need yes. that crisscross. And and it costs so much money. Well, not at Videoblocks. Videoblocks.com, if you go there. They got $149, right, for a, a, a year? That's Is that for a the year, year subscription? It's triple bundle. Video, audio, and images for one price. $149 a year. Uh, all the... Uh, Stock footage and, and images that you need for your uh, for your your podcast, your short film, your webisode. If mm-hmm. you're a, a, a young aspiring Joe Cucinati, blog. You get studio quality stock footage, audio, and images for a fraction of the cost with video blocks. Download all the stock media your heart desires from their member library. One hundred fifty thousand videos, hundred thousand audio clips. Uh, all of it is royalty free, so you can use it for commercial and personal projects. Mm-hmm. Have you ever have you ever shot B roll on your own? Absolutely. Like, well, to try you have to get to. your own stock footage of stuff? I was doing a project here recently for work where what it was a like... a waste of time. It was going to cost uh, thousands of dollars more, and it's like, go buy some fruit. Uh, we've got a studio. I'll throw some lights on it, and we'll do it cheap. It didn't look nearly as good as the stuff you would find on video blocks, yeah. uh, but it was certainly cheaper. But for that same cost... 
probably could have found some nice stock footage. Where are they going to find this, Joe? They're going to find it at videoblocks.com slash editing bay. That is V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash editing bay. Or you can go to our website at editingbay.com, and we've got a link where you can go to their website yeah, from there, A little too. banner ad there at the top of the screen, so uh, throw a little love our way. And uh, for your next project where you need some uh, stock images or... or Footage or audio? Yeah. Go to videoblocks.com slash editing bay. You needed that footage of like Mount Rushmore? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or I, I need a, a baby eagle in slow motion regurgitating. <laughs> and they have it. That's right. They've probably. got it at Videoblocks. <laughs> we should probably check on that before Send we start us the making. most obscure thing and we'll check with Videoblocks and see if they have it. It'd be a fun game actually. Yes, yeah. it would be. And that deal's good win. So that's uh, through the end of the year, uh, 2017, November, December right now, Q4. Mm-hmm. That deal is, is happening now. Cool. Uh, thank you, Video Blocks, for supporting this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's get to the meat of this thing. Mm, Happy meats. birthday to me. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, it's it's fun here on the editing bay, because when it's your it birthday, you can like, you get to pick whatever movie, as if we didn't just pick whatever we wanted anyway. I know, how is that different than any other one? But I feel like I get a license to kind of pick a movie like this. When it's your birthday, especially when the movie is the same age as you. That's right. 1977. We're talking about Star Wars. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't fucking do it. You know when I put this up on the podcast, it will be titled (laughs) Star Wars. It should just be Star Wars. Episode 4, colon, A New Hope. I'm sorry, Joe. 1977. Star Wars. So let's talk about this. Why Why do you hold on to this this illusion? Be- because it was never originally supposed to be of course. a three-part thing. Uh, the way that George Lucas put this together was an homage to the serialized films that he would see before movies when he was a kid. Right. There was never an intention for this to be like an ongoing story. Well, there never and is, so, Joe. Star- and, but, and, but you know what? I'm of two minds because thank God it did because mm-hmm. it gave me like my favorite movie of all time oh. with Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Uh, not this one. <laughs> not, no, no, no. But not that this is a bad film. Right. It's just not... It, it, it's a very good first effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it. Ga- I think that this movie gets more credence because of what was born out of it, what what it inspired... Oh, my God. ...rather yes. than what it is. Um, but what it is isn't a bad thing. Oh, no, no. But uh, of the trilogy, um, it is my... I don't want to say it's my least favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, because, obviously, you know, there's some, some issues with Return of the Jedi. Uh, but I will revisit Return of the Jedi before I revisit this one. I'm gonna t- this before- shows its age more than any other the well, trilogy. Well, n- not just that. And um, I guess I'm going to take a risk here of being, like, you Uh-oh. know, the minority voice. But I feel like, as far as emotional weight, this one carries the least of it. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Well, you we're know, just you- getting to know these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, but not that it doesn't try. But I'm talking about, like, in Empire Strikes Back, we take character development, like, to the next level. And you learn so much about all the... They're able to juggle all these characters. They go from being stereotypes to, like, fleshed out yes. people. Dude, you meet a fucking puppet. And you're like, I <laughs> oh, fucking me, he's a, dig he's a muppet. that puppet. He's a muppet? I, Yoda. Mm-hmm. And that was that was when, when they did the prequel trilogy, and we got to see CG Yoda that at one That first one was horrible. I was like, no. Listen to our Phantom Menace episode. You never need to make him CG. Like, when they when they ended up doing uh, Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith, and they turned Yoda into straight-up CG, CG Yoda will never carry the same emotional weight to me as that puppet in Empire Strikes Back. I finally, I think they finally got the look in that last prequel, episode three. Uh-huh. Um, but it was still the things they were making him do. 
There's yeah. that fisheye lens shot of him like crawling through a tunnel. Where it's like, this doesn't feel like the Yoda I know. It's not what Yoda does. Certainly not jumping around like a fucking leapfrog. <laughs> like a frog. Yeah, I remember watching that and feeling so betrayed. It felt like a fan film. Like somebody had a million dollar yeah. budget for a fan film. Like I was, I because I, I'd always believed. Okay, Yoda is he's diminutive in size. Mm-hmm. He's not a very strong warrior, and he even says it. You know, wars do not make one yeah. great. Judge him by he his isn't size. He is a warrior. Do you not? He is a Jedi. He's a Jedi master. He's supposed to be strong in spirit. And I feel like George Lucas forgot what that fucking meant. But we're not here to talk about those movies. No, sadly, we are here to talk about 1977's <laughs> Star Wars: Colon Episode Stop Four. That a new Hope. Shit. So, so <laughs> getting back to it. Yes, I hear where you're coming from. I know that's the original thing, but you do recognize that. As we have an abundance of Star Wars things, comic books and uh-huh. webisodes yeah. and soundtracks and yeah. cartoons, mm-hmm. we need to start categorizing them. And it's not enough to just say Star Wars anymore. Why? People don't know what Star Wars is. Star Wars is the Star first Wars movie that came out in 1977. Is an overarching umbrella The Empire name. Strikes Back slash Star Wars was the <laughs> sequel to 1977 Star Wars. And then Return of the Jedi... Slash Star Wars. What do you think if they just would have named it like Star Wars Two? Like, like I, I did that appreciate been, that. That would have been horrible. In the latest, uh, no, I like that with yeah. uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. They didn't call it. They're calling it like Stranger Things Two. Like it's a sequel. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine I'm for sure. Stranger Things, and that's fine for Poltergeist. Yeah. To call it Poltergeist Two, dude. The one fun thing about the eighties is like the weird. The weird ways they tried to handle sequels where they gave everything a subtitle, but no, <laughs> no franchise fucked it up more than Rambo. Okay. Uh, oh yes. Because you have the, the first. You had the first movie, which was called First Blood. First Blood. That's all it was called. It was called First Blood. Then you had Rambo, First Blood Part they Two. They totally Indiana Jones did. Like <laughs> so, added his name into the title so, for the sequel. So the subtitle was actually the main title of First Blood Part Two. It was Rambo, First, First Blood, Blood Part Two. Then the next one, remember what that was called? Rambo Three. Rambo Three. <laughs> <laughs> they just gave up. <laughs> It's kind of what the Fast and the Furious franchise is doing. We're like we're we're kind of running out of combinations for these words. And then you do remember what the final one was called, right? That that last one. Are we talking Fast and the Furious? You're no, of, the, Rambo. Of the Rambo franchise. You say last, like they've stopped making I, these I, films. I, I like to think that they have. Well, I think there's another one in production, Are isn't they there? Really? Or maybe it's just Rocky. I'm I thought. About. I think it was just called Rambo. Or John? Well, there was a John. Was it Rambo John Rambo, or was point. it just Rambo? Uh, going to IMDb for the answer to this question. I think you know what you might be right. I think it was John Rambo because they did the whole Rocky Balboa oh, was the Rocky movie they put out like the year before Rambo. No, two thousand eight. No, it was just, it was just, it was just Rambo. called Rambo. <laughs> Maybe I was I was thinking they were doing a. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that was Rocky. the working title of it. Was you might be going right. to be the full name? They should have. So, so yeah, no franchise in the world has <laughs> fucked up their titles more than that. No, but look what's coming out in twenty eighteen. Rambo? Rambo. <laughs> What's his name? Tiger Shroff? Oh, are they doing like a reboot? Probably a, a Ramboot. <laughs> <laughs> so, that sounds so uh, I'm sexual. I'm like some asshole is going to watch 2008's Rambo, <laughs> and then they're going to watch <laughs> Rambo 3, and they're going to wonder, well, where's Rambo what 2? What happened? <laughs> where's Rambo 2? Where's the original Rambo? It's it's like the uh, you won't find that on Google. It's like the Jack Ryan movies. No one's gonna know where the fuck to start anymore. Yeah, or Jack Reacher. Uh, so we've got Star Wars, 1977, and why I wanted to kind of put this together is mm-hmm. because The Shining, uh, which was produced, I believe, around the same time. I think The Shining came out, I think, in 1980. Yeah, I think if you're I, right. if I'm not mistaken, but they worked on production on that for a long time. Oh, as but, always. Yeah, he always think, takes three or four years yeah. to make his films. So I think um, I think they started production on that in 77, 
Oh. Uh, and then it was released in 80. And, like, you, there's just the way that this is... Oh, my God, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall is not pleasant to watch. And not the strongest performer in this no, movie. No, no. <laughs> because... I would she, forgive it if she were... She runs like a Muppet. Speaking of Muppets, <laughs> she runs like a fucking Muppet. It's a puppet. <clears throat> um, uh, so, yeah, the, the thing about the way that Kubrick put together The Shining... And then to see how Star Wars was put together, it, it, it's weird because it, at no point do the two really meet as far as like in, in method. Um, the Shining is so devoid of anything as far as like a score that, oh, yeah. that pushes like anything forward until you get to like the last 10 minutes of the movie. And, just ramps up. and then it's just like a John Carpenter, like there really isn't much in the way of music but then you look at something like star wars and it's like the music and we've talked about this before the music in itself john williams score is a character of the movie absolutely it's driving constantly there is nary a a frame in this film that doesn't have a score some sort of accompaniment yes and so that's why it's it's like culture shock when you watch something like the shining you're like it's these two fucking people talking <laughs> yes. for twenty minutes, and I'll tell you, or not talking. That sometimes di- some of that dialogue in the beginning, where and I don't mean for this to be our shining episode too, but uh, but some of that stuff in the beginning, where where Jack is talking to uh, Allman mm-hmm. at, in, yeah. in his office, and it's like it's almost like ten fifteen minutes of them talking about working at the hotel and how sometimes cabin fever gets to you and have you heard about oh, Mr. Grady who mm. used to work here before and and like it keeps going and going and going and then you cut over to where Wendy and Danny are and Danny's talking to Tony with his finger and <laughs> right, right. and then he he passes out still no fucking music there's no fucking music and then we cut back to and it it almost gives you like this sense of like it's all running together. Like, it, it just all kind of seems to run together. Not that I don't love The Shining. I do. I really like the movie. But its strengths are not exactly the same strengths as Star Wars. It's a good point. He kind of reinvented, he being John Williams, kind of set the standard for yeah. action, sci-fi. Not even just sci-fi. Just just film. Yeah. Just film scores. And <laughs> for giving, like the next 30 years. Giving characters their own themes and how those themes interweave while the scenes are going on. You mean the uh, motif? Yeah, the live motif. <laughs> Uh, the cinema verite. Oh, I haven't pulled that out in a while. <laughs> uh, so Star Wars, 1977. Joel, when was the first time you saw this movie? Joe, this is an impossible question to answer. And I could say that for all three of the original trilogy movies because there was never like a first time. It was always just on TV. Like, you know, we from the first time we had a VCR, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure those are the first tapes that we owned. And you would wake up on a Saturday morning, and you would hear Darth Vader breathing in the other room. Like, yeah. it was just like, oh, what are we watching this morning? Oh, somebody decided to pop Return of the Jedi in while we do laundry and uh, shit around the house. Mm-hmm. I, I can, I know I didn't see them in order the first time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw Return of the Jedi first and then worked backwards. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was older and I'd seen them repeated viewings, kind of realized, oh, 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 this is why this is important. Yeah. He didn't know Darth Vader was ever his father. <laughs> there was a time where he didn't know that. That's so that's so funny. <laughs> so like yeah, the the first one I saw was Empire Strikes Back. That in, was in theaters. In the theaters. Wow. Um, oh, but, at the tender age of four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they took me to go see, and I I'm, still. Mine re- was Bambi. I still remember it. It's it's, it's crazy. I still remember seeing it. Um, so that was the first one I saw in the theater. Star Wars used to come on. Uh, you pr- and you probably remember this. Mm-hmm. That it used to be like an annual thing. Like this was before oh, like that's right. the accessibility of home video. 
Star Wars used to come on like network TV. It was like one of the the, the annual specials that would come on. It would yeah. be like like that, the Ten Commandments at Easter time. One night of the year where your parents maybe let you stay up a little bit later, mm-hmm. and it was always I I can tell you exactly what point like into the because it always started I think at like eight o'clock. That sounds about right. And I think like about an hour into it is when at least on the TV cut is when the Sand People show up. Oh yes, where where Luke is looking for R two D two and the Sand People show up. That was. Always when I had to go to bed. That was your bedtime. That was my fucking bedtime. Oh, uh, so you never knew what happened afterwards. I never for a really while. knew what happened. Like, <laughs> except you know, I'd I'd see it every once in a while. I'd see like a videotape, so I knew the story. I knew like how that movie went. It's cool. Uh, but then, but I still remember like Mark Hamill would do an introduction before the movie. He'd be dressed up in like almost in black. I think I remember he would be in black, almost like his Return of the Jedi costume, and he'd kind of give you a little talk about like. What you're about to watch is I miss this that. and that. Like I was like, oh my god! And I tried to look it up on YouTube earlier today, and I couldn't find it. Uh, but yeah, that was how Star Wars was always. And then you went into school the next day, and it's like, dude, you watch Star Wars last of night? Course. Yeah, dude, we watched Star Wars last night. <laughs> but getting back to it, Empire Strikes Back was the first one I saw in the theater, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it obviously had an impact on me. Saw Return of the Jedi in the theater after uh, that. And I remember. I at the concession stand, my parents bought me a Return of the Jedi activity book, Ooh. and I just couldn't stop flipping through it and then watch the movie. And I was all about Wicked. Yeah. It, 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 you know what? I think if you were a kid, you were yep, all about Wicked. All about Wicked. the Ewoks, baby. Uh, and this is, I think I've mentioned this on a podcast before, like this is this is why for the my first few years of my life, I thought every movie was <laughs> Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia. Like that was what we watched. And it, it didn't dawn on me until later that like, oh, they're not in every movie. <laughs> That's not every story that I'm going to watch on the screen. It's too bad, though. Yeah, it is. It kind of is. Um, so getting back to 1977 Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already done a couple of episodes very, on this, and, by and the we've, way. And we've talked about yeah, We, we have, did a, we've about an original this. trilogy episode a few seasons back that maybe we'll repost for some yeah, of our newer listeners. we talked with Walt. We did, didn't yeah, we? Walt joined us. My father came on and talked to us about it. <laughs> That's right. Talking about when he went to see it. And, uh, oh, my dad. Your dad's a character. <laughs> I gave him hell. I've talked about this on the podcast already, but I gave him hell on the phone. I was like, yeah, still uh, still trying to get over the uh, retirement speech. The eulogy. <laughs> the eulogy that you gave me at my, at my wedding. That was really nice. Did I tell you he friended me on Facebook? Did he? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Every day, but now there's two Joe... Ju- ju- <laughs> <laughs> it, gets, it gets confusing for everybody, too. I just called you Jew Cochinati. <laughs> Joe Cucinati. That's racist. That is fucking racist, sir. Uh, yeah, it gets confusing for some of my friends, like Matthew Fisher. Uh, my mm. father's friends with him, with him too, and he'll like he'll like stuff, and then I'll like it, <laughs> or like I'll post something, and then it, my father will like it, and people are like, dude, did you just did like you just your like own your thing? own stuff? And I'm like, no. Yeah, it's, I opened it's two accounts. <laughs> boost my numbers. The thing I love about my dad is that whenever he posts on Facebook or if he replies to something, mm. he always types in all caps, and I tell him, I'm like, Dad. Take off the caps lock, man. Maybe it's broken. That's all he can do. I'm like, you do realize it looks to people like you're yelling at yes. them all the time. <laughs> what I am saying is very important right now. Wow, that looks really cool. Thanks for sharing those pictures. <laughs> LOL. Uh, I'll, I'll get notifications every once in a while because he likes to play those like Facebook mystery games oh, or whatever. Like, You've been invited to Candy Crush. Yes, I'm like, I don't want to do it, Dad. Stop sending me that shit. Oh, I didn't know it sent to you. I'm like, yep, when you say send to people, it's going to actually send. <laughs> uh, oh man so yeah it was fun hearing his stories about when he went to see Star Wars and so the first time yeah getting back to it, the first time I saw Star Wars was when it was on TV mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was it was something man it was it was the definition it was how whenever someone said like a TV special like that was how I defined 
something special oh, yeah. that I got to watch. Like, ooh, this is a treat. Like, I can watch fucking, you know, Family Ties anytime. Like, that's... But this is special. This yeah, is really a, a treat to get to see this happen. Um, and uh, and, it, and it's so... It's so fun. But coming back to it, you know, now being 40 years old and the, and the movie being 40 years old, and it ages fairly well for, it, for a 1977 sci-fi flick. You know, it really does. Um, I was watching that opening shot where uh, Luke is standing watching the, the two suns setting. Yeah. And even then thinking, like, I wonder how they... How they did that? How they pull that like, off? Like we're so jaded by computers nowadays. Uh-huh. It's like, well, we know how everything is done, right? But back then, when you're having to use film techniques, it's really well done, uh-huh. and it and it it felt real because it was at the same time. And the way that it's and underscored by John Williams' oh, God, music, that theme, that Binary Sun soundtrack, like that's it's really great, uh, it, and it captures so much emotion. It, it's one of those things that, like, in early early movies, like, you had mentioned this about The Shining, where you're like, even maybe they're not even talking at all. Star Wars wasn't afraid to have just introspective moments take with some characters. Time. To take some time. Right. Uh, and, and really take in the visuals. Let the visuals tell the story of what's happening. If I used to have this book, and it was called Frames. And it was George Lucas had gone through both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, but uh, I focused more on the original trilogy one, obviously. Good call. But he chose his favorite frame from each scene. Oh, interesting! Of all of the movies, huh. and it was really fascinating to go through because you could just go through looking at the pictures, and even on their own, picking one frame from each scene, going through that, it still told a cohesive story. Hmm. Uh, and I regret selling it to half price books, but I just didn't have anywhere to keep it. Uh, and when you when you start a family and you're yeah. living in a in a house and you're strapped for space, downsizing. Sometimes you got to downsize. Mm-hmm. And when it's a book that you haven't really pulled out and looked at in a year, it's hard to justify keeping it around. Exactly, especially when it's a, the hardcover, uh-huh. leather bound, and it's like it's like forty pound book. <laughs> yes. You're like, uh, no, slash paperweight, <laughs> right? Uh, but the visuals, and that's what I. One of the things that I do feel like, and I'll beat up on George Lucas all day long. But one of the things that he did do well in 1977 was that he had a good eye for what it was that he was putting together, some of the compositions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we do now in modern time, uh, like with uh, Fury Road and with uh, Logan, mm-hmm. was doing a chrome or black and white version of the film. And it speaks to how strong and how uh, uh, effective and rich the visuals are, that if you could transfer it to black and white, it still has that impact. That's right. And I feel like Star Wars has that quality hmm. that you could change this to a black and white movie, and it still has that power power behind the images. Uh, it's still rich in the. It's the weird texture. to think of uh, Star Wars without color, though. Although there is a lot of black and white in there, yeah, there stormtroopers and Darth yeah. Vader and uh-huh. Luke Skywalker's wearing white. Yeah, but uh, without a green Yoda. <laughs> but this is Star Wars. There's no green. There's no Yoda. Without a brown Chewbacca. <laughs> without a yellow C three PO. What if we had red R two? Wouldn't be the same. We, we it? did, and it blew its top. Oh, I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> is R four? Is that his name? No, R four was in the prequel trilogy. Oh, 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 that's right. Awful, awful. What was the name of that one? Who cares? The flat top droid top. that he almost. Uh, do you know the theory about that droid? No. There's a theory that, um, and and it's it's fun watching a New Hope again. That's right, Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. Uh. <laughs> With this theory in mind, because so we all know the scene, right? Uncle Owen's going through the droids. Oh, do you speak bocce? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's going to take that droid, the red flat top one, and it starts coming this way. And you hear R2-D2 beeping. is freaking out because he and C-3PO are being separated. And, yeah. and he, he needs to, to fulfill his mission. Starts that R2's raving, a Jedi? 
That's <laughs> is that where we're going? I, I have heard that theory, but that is not this theory. So he gets neutralized, right? R2, it doesn't work. And then, um, but he, he was beeping away. And so the flat top uh, one blows a gasket, right? It's got a bad motivator. Troy's <laughs> got a bad motivator. That's an actual thing. Um, and so like, all right, what about that, that one? And C3PO vatches for him. Oh, I know him. He's great. Which, and then later, by the way, just a little tangent, when he's talking to Luke after R2 runs away, he's like, oh, he's always been into trouble. I'm like, <laughs> yes. motherfucker, 24 hours ago, you oh, were, reco- you oh, were he's vouching. He's notorious for that. Yeah, he said, he's like, you were fucking vouching for this droid <laughs> yes. moments earlier. Uh, but anyway, uh, so R2 comes along. So there's a fan theory that R2 was beeping, was tr- uh, was talking to that droid, telling him, I have an important mission. I need to be chosen. Yeah. And that that droid sacrificed himself. Wow. So that R2 could, could be chosen. I like this story. Right? I mean, I, I feel sad for the droid now. But well, I, I don't know that he died. I don't know that he committed seppuku, but he, uh, just like, he, he blew his motivator. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting back to uh, not being afraid to be introspective. How long would you say, like the first 20 minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. is C-3PO and R2-D2? Yeah. Kind of like running around, doing their thing. There's a whole bit where R2 is just kind of traveling the the wastes of Tatooine mm-hmm. on his own. All you're hearing is like whistling and and it it still creates like a sense of tension when he's when he's rolling through and you know the Jawas are kind of tracking him and yeah. stuff. Being able to travel with R2 and C-3PO, uh, you know, it's, it, it's fun with these Rosencrantz and Guildenstern characters <laughs> of the Star Wars franchise. Exactly that like are. we see these things done through their eyes uh, that they're kind of the chorus. Uh, but then what we get is a classic fairy tale story, you know. It's, oh yeah, it, it, it harkens back to like the sword and the stone and all the Greek mythology. Yeah, all the all the old stories we used to tell ourselves. Greek mythology packaged up, you know, Magnificent Seven, like classic westerns, Seven Samurai, yeah. Seven Samurai as well, Hidden Fortress. So you got the oh, that's Kur- the Kurosawa, Kurosawa films. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean there is reference to Seven Samurai, which was Magnificent Seven mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, Hidden Fortress, it's. I don't know what happened to the man. I, I really wish I could figure out what happened to the I man. I want to ask you earlier because it's like we there is evidence that he is kind of a genius, right? Yeah, like yes, he, so much of our childhood and pop culture uh, from now through the rest of history, I can imagine, uh-huh. um, has been influenced by him right. and his sole imagination. So you can't take that away from the guy. No, what you can say is maybe he's not the best at working with actors. Um, and gets maybe this a little is, too caught up with story and not so much the telling of that story. This is true because I will say that uh, there there are some things that are going on in this movie performance-wise that a, a good director would catch and either put the kibosh on yeah. or develop further. I, I need an example of that right now. Oh, like uh, like Carrie Fisher having a British accent for about <laughs> two scenes and then completely fucking just jettisoning that. Yeah. She I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. <laughs> like, I, I want to know if... At some what point, they were just thinking? like, look, Carrie, the British accent isn't working, especially the point where she goes, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it breaks character. Yes. Yeah. Well, you may fire when ready. You know, what? Do you think they, they could work that into her story, maybe? Like she was trying to seem more intimidating by affecting a British accent? I wish they would. I kind of wish Let's they would. Let's go with that theory. Because that's... That and the R4 sacrifice. <laughs> that is one of the most... It, it is a very disappointing point in the movie where you, where she first comes on. Because other than that, I love spunky Carrie Fisher as Princess mm-hmm. Leia where she's like, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Or, Into the garbage shoot, flyboy. Right. Like, I love the way she... The way that she's portrayed. She's so strong. She's so confident. Uh, and 
and she didn't really need any rescuing. She just needed somebody to help open the door. Other than that, yeah. she was a badass. Uh, but yeah, that whole British, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's so... The more star systems will slip, slip through, through your fingers. fingers. Yeah. And, and like, I cringe when I'm watching that. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. It's hard to tell that. if that was day one or day... Two hundred. It had to be day one. It had to be day one. <laughs> yeah, because there's so much content. Yes. The second half of the film. Do you think that this movie was filmed in chronological order? No, of course not. <laughs> they never do that. And in fact, uh, I've ruined film for Jenna. Poor Jenna. Yeah. Like she, she brings that up repeatedly. She was like, I had no idea that they filmed them out of order. Yeah. So she's like, you mean the first day they could be doing the scene where they're crying and they just <laughs> met each other? End. It's their emotional scene. And then the last scene is the one where they meet. I'm like, yep. Shit happens all the, the time. The Notebook. <laughs> they filmed the rain scene first. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about Carrie Fisher. Um, Rest in peace. We now we talk about let's talk about Mark Hamill. If we're talking about performances that weren't really fleshed out, performances that should have been directed a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, no secret that he's the weakest of the bunch, right? Is he? Yeah. No. I don't. know. I mean, of the leads. I guess. I guess he is. I think he comes into his own. Uh, I think. Oh, Mark, definitely, sure. Mark Hamill's definitely like a fine wine. He has gotten better with oh, age. Absolutely. Um, Talking about Oscars, maybe for yeah. Last Jedi. Oh my gosh! Some of the footage that I'm seeing is like, wow. Didn't know you had it in him. One of the things that I really hope they don't do. I don't want this to be a because I've seen some people who have theories about because of the imagery, like there's like the Ray picture and there's Luke in the background oh, right. not wearing his hood, and then there's Luke wearing his hood in the background for the the Sith one with Kylo Ren. We've already seen Skywalker being redeemed by his son. I don't want to see... Now it's Lucas turned to the dark side. We don't need to do that. Yeah. That I think Ryan Johnson's better than that. Yeah. I have faith. I, we need... And I also don't want to see any porgs. Him and porgs. I don't want to see porgs. <laughs> you're going to look at how your TV... I see your porg you dispenser. He's, you put him front and center. Well, you, you gave him Darth Vader's spot. I had to... He's right next to Darth... <laughs> I kind of had to color code him a little bit. I didn't want to have all the whites in the... Blacks separated. I like oh. to have them intermingled, Joe. Oh, oh. It's a rainbow coalition on top of my TV of Pez <laughs> dispensers. You've eliminated the Jim Crow laws on your TV. <laughs> right. I'll take a picture of that and post it on the uh, Facebook page. And Twitter. Follow us at Twitter at The Editing Bay. All right, guys. So what movie are we watch next week? Oh, man. No, I want to talk some more Star Wars. So, le- but, but let's do this. Um, you said that Mark Hamill is the weakest link in this movie, uh, performance-wise. Not because of his emotions, though. Like he, he is a very, he has a, he's like from the school of Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. As far as like being totally sincere in what he's saying and believing, just maybe not having the direction on how to, to, to really say conv- it to convey it and not sound like a fucking whiny baby. <laughs> oh man! Go to Tashi Station to bring up some power converters. <laughs> I'll never join Biggs. I know. <laughs> Where are you going? I guess I'm going nowhere. <laughs> it's just after the harvest, Luke. Um, what you said last year. See, then I, then I think of Aunt Beru. <laughs> I think that's the worst performance in the movie right there. Oh, uh, really? The woman oh, who couldn't man. speak, and so they had to do a like voiceover for her. Oh, did they? There's a couple of those she in there. She has too much of his father in him. <laughs> oh, I like her performance. Yeah, that's not her that's voice, That's not her though? voice. Also, on uh, there's a couple of the... They're not stormtroopers, but what are they called? The, the generals. Oh, yeah. yeah One yeah. of the generals, uh, I'm pretty sure, has been dubbed over. Oh, really? He sounds kind of John Wayne-ish, but he's got the face of a Brit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Know, we can't find the plans anywhere. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yes. It's like me always got horrible teeth. It's got like, uh, they all have bad teeth. Tongue, they all have yeah. bad teeth. Shot I like the, the uh, Rogue Squadron, some of those guys. They're like, just yeah. give me a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for my signal. <laughs> uh, 
let's pour one out for uh, for Porkins, can we? Oh can we, my god, can gosh. we pour one out for Poor Porkins? Porkins. You I, think you think when that guy took the part, he knew that forty <laughs> years later, a couple of schmucks would be on a podcast making why, fun of his? Why did they, dude? I don't think he cares. That guy's fucking famous as shit. He played one of the cops in the the Michael Keaton Batman movie. Oh, he, is that the same guy? Yeah, that's the same guy. That dude's got enough bank, I'm sure. Who the guy was like, who's been. Being in your coffee yeah, or whatever yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that guy, that's that's Porkins. Eckhart. Yeah, no, Eckhart. Yeah, it is Eckhart. Eckhart. Think of the future, <laughs> man. I'll tell you. Watching The Shining, going back to The Shining, seeing what Jack Nicholson does in that movie, you, you see the beginnings of what his Joker character was. Yeah, that's a good point. You're like, wow, that'd be a good double feature. Yeah, it would. That and Batman, just to see like some of the just some of the similarities. Um, so, yeah, some of the folks that they get to play Rogue Squadron are pretty bad. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about... Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll save him. I want to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Okay. Alec Guinness. Uh, Alec Guinness, who hated this picture. He hated working on this I movie. I remember hearing that. Uh, I, I've heard stories. I've heard, well, urban legends, rather, mm-hmm. of like, ooh, a little boy went and approached him at an airport once and asked him to sign his Star Wars thing, and Alec Guinness said, no, that's a horrible film. And, oh, my God. Like, I don't know how much of that I believe. Yeah. How how long did he live after this is success? <laughs> long enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he was in all three of the movies. Yeah. He couldn't have true. hated it that much. He uh, Well, he could have been contracted. Well, yeah, but... He may he may have been holding a grudge because I think for, for a long time the rumor was going to be that Obi-Wan was Luke's father. Yes. And I think maybe when they changed that up and he was just like a ghost that showed up for two scenes like yeah. later after that... He probably maybe resented. Wanted a bit of a juicier role. Yeah. He had a pretty... Ju- well... In the first film, that was about it. And then the point. second one, he has... he Dude, let's talk about in Jedi, where he has his bullshit line, where he's like, yeah. so what I told from you was a- true from a certain <laughs> point of view. Uh, I also love... It's hard to go back and watch these movies now, after the prequels. Uh-huh. Because when he's first introduced to R2, and he's like, I don't remember owning a droid. Don't remember ever owning like, a droid? How hurt must R2 be? It's like, Obi-Wan... All the adventures we went on. We did three other movies together. We traveled the, the galaxies. I was your I was your go-to droid, man. That's right. With Padme. And then he's like, mm, I don't think so. That's not my trash garden. Do you think, th- with the theory that he's trying to throw Luke off? Uh, well, s- Alec Guinness certainly did not believe <laughs> he didn't, that. He didn't know. Because he says that line with much sincerity. <laughs> he's like, fuck you, R2. Doesn't seem to ever remember owning a droid. Uh, uh, they only ride single file to hide their hide numbers. numbers. Uh, I l- remember. I l- <laughs> <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> that would be... Can we please just add some fucking dinosaurs uh, to the Star Wars? <laughs> There's my recast, by the way. That guy from fucking Jurassic Park. That guy. Alec Guinness. They remember the <laughs> testing sections of the fence. That's right. <laughs> the reactor. <laughs> this, it, is, it is funny. Um, okay, so I like Alec Guinness in this movie. I like when he's, he gives us the mystique of the Jedi. He's doing the Jedi mind tricks. We get the story. And I think the way that he delivers that, like, you know, for, for yeah. a thousand years, Jedis were the, you know, the keepers of peace and justice in the galaxy. It's so fun to go back and watch that scene now, kind of seeing the whole. I think somebody on, on YouTube had edited that along with, like, scenes from the prequels. Yeah. Just telling the story. It's really neat. It's a, it's a great little monologue. And I think you get the right person. You know, he carries enough of that weight, enough of that emotional weight. And... And uh, I don't know. He's got that old wizard. He's got that Gandalf kind of feel yeah. to him. 
it, it is disappointing when he dies. Uh, kind of goes out like a punk, too. He goes out like a, like a punk. And Maybe that's why of... he was only a ghost in the sequels. We saw it when he was bringing the combat <laughs> skills department. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. no. Uh, it, it, it's fun. I love that he goes in and he's like disabling the tractor beam. I love the what everybody does. Once they get onto the Death Star, like where how they split off and they do this, do that. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, definitely the strongest one. Like, this was kind of his, uh, he was discovered so for this film, right? fucking great. Yeah. As Han Solo. He's so effortless. Yes. It's kind of sad. He's he's definitely introduced. He is the uh, he is the strider of this. If you're to, yeah. to try to, like, compare Aragorn. Star Wars to Lord of the Rings, he is the Aragorn. Uh, much like when we first meet Aragorn in Fellowship of the Ring, like, yeah. there's this sense of... Also in a, in a bar. Yeah. Or in a, in a pub. In there's a cantina a, of sorts. At the Prancing Pony. <laughs> uh, there's this uh, There's this sense of danger. Like, you're not sure if you feel safe yeah. around this, this guy. Is this guy good? Is this guy bad? That's why the ladies love him, Joe. It's why I love him. He's a bad boy. He's so fu- He's a scoundrel. That's right. He's a scruffy-looking nerf herder. I, uh, who's scruffy-looking? <laughs> I, uh, I loved... Harrison Ford in this movie, I think, just like any other, of course, any other boy who like who had hero worship on the mind as they're watching this thing. And you could always separate your friends. There were like, did you who did you look up to? Did you want to be Luke or did you want to be Han? Yeah, two types of guys. And I was always like, I want to be Han. I want to be Luke. I always wanted to be Han. A goody two shoes, man. I wanted that fucking lightsaber. There was a point where I wanted to be Yoda. <laughs> I will, I will, <laughs> I will admit that. But I have always been a Han Solo guy. I see uh, that, and I think a lot of that is informed, Joel, by the fact that. I saw Empire Strikes Back at a point where, like, I really understood a little bit more at four years old. Understood a little bit more, you know, the, the story that was going on. And so, if you were to watch Empire Strikes Back, if you're to, if that's the first your first movie watching Star Wars or whatever, uh, I think that it's it's honestly uh, it's acceptable for someone to think that Han Solo is the main character of Star Wars if Empire Strikes Back is your first film. That's a good point. Uh, I think that that's kind of where my immature mind went. I was like, oh, he must be the big hero. He's the hero. I love Han Solo. <laughs> half the scenes, he gets the girl. Yeah, he exactly. He flies the ship. I mean, what the fuck? The other guy just has a puppet on his back. <laughs> it's a Muppet. <laughs> and then he gets his fucking hand cut off. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, this guy's lame. Yeah. He screams like a girl. Uh, did you ever think... No. What... <laughs> Never. <laughs> watching this, watching Star Wars, mm. I, you know what? That's It's hard for me to ask because we were too young. We'd already known there, there were going to be sequels and stuff. Uh, but I was going to ask, like, did you, would you ever think that watching the first Star Wars movie that like it would end up being Luke Skywalker at the end who was going to be like bringing balance to the Force by defeating Darth Vader? Like The way that this movie ends where... Han shoots Darth Vader, and Darth Vader hits his guys and then, like, flies off into space. What? And they blow up the Death Star. Like, you you still, like, Luke shot the torpedoes, but Han saved the fucking day. That's true. But Luke knows the Force, and again, he's got that lightsaber. No, I always kind of identified with him as the, the hero. They never introduced the whole, like, telekinesis part of the Force in this first movie. Where they did yeah. in, the, in the beginning of Empire, it's where he's kind of he's a able feeling. to grab the, the lightsaber. That's a good point. And it's funny because they never fucking explain it either in Empire Strikes Back, where he just he's hanging upside down. He Happens just to know. Yeah, he just reaches. That's and a good like, point. He's never witnessed anybody do that. He I wasn't... wonder if I wonder if like Siskel and Ebert were like, "What the fuck is that shit?" They never <laughs> established those. So rules. I guess uh, he can just move mountains now. Huh? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> How does Darth Vader get back to the Empire at the end of this movie? Because they talk about how Tie Fighters are just short range. Yeah. 
How does Darth Vader? There must have get been back? like a uh, well, you one one would imagine when that when the Darth Darth Star when the Darth Star when the Death Star explodes, uh, all the Star Destroyers in the surrounding area would have gotten a distress signal before that happened. That's pretty. Or good. Would have picked up on, yeah. and all converged on that area, and uh, likely to think that maybe one of them ran into him on the way. Do you think they Not literally? Of do course. you think they make Darth Vader earn it first, where they're like, it's like, let me on board? They're like, what do you say? What happened to your Death Star? What happened to your Death Star? Hey, sure, would be a shame if you just floated off into space. <laughs> well, it looks like you're kind of disabled at the moment. Is that why in Empire Strikes Back he's got such a grudge and he's killing fucking people left <laughs> and right? So. Yeah, yeah, he goes through like four generals. The MVP for the rebellion is Darth Vader <laughs> in the Empire Strikes Back. I like the picture. It's like that last scene in Interstellar because the last time we saw him, he was spinning out of control. Oh, he's like Murph. <laughs> he just comes across a big bookshelf and he tries to like hit the Murph. Just watch Murph. <laughs> Murph, watch. Uh. That's such a weird movie, man. Interstellar. I tried to go back and watch it again, mm-hmm. and still not. No. It's still. It just does. There's just something about it that. Some when Chris Nolan's on, I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. When Chris Nolan's on, mm-hmm. he's fucking on. Oh, dude! Like Inception, Inception the Dark Knight, and Prestige, the Prestige, Almost Insomnia. Yeah. Eh, I've, maybe I, not so much that one. I liked Insomnia a it's lot. Fine, I don't think it's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Memento, right? Isn't that him? Yeah, yeah. Memento is fantastic. But when he's off his game, it's like mm, yeah, we get to damn. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, exactly. And Insomnia. Uh, no, Insomnia's fine. <laughs> oh, wow, just be <laughs> trying to be a contrarian. But in Interstellar, like I was like, I was so underwhelmed with that film. And it, it has the makings of good sci-fi. Like, there's good stuff going on there. Yeah. I just don't think he found a way to tie in what he wanted to say at the end no. without kind of showing his hand at the beginning. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I wonder if that, that that's book cool. being that's, pushed off the desk by itself is going to come in later. It's going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a ghost, Daddy. And kind of going, and so now applying that to Star Wars, mm-hmm. Star Wars is good sci-fi. Because what it does is it takes that classic chemistry, that the the classic building blocks of not just because people have always talked about the Joseph Campbell journey of the hero, mm-hmm. but just like the classic fairy tale. You know, you got uh, the the knight errant, and you've got the the master, and you've got the princess. But what I love is that this movie, what George Lucas is doing, is what Joss Whedon ended up doing thirty years later, where he kind of took a genre and turned it on its ear. Oh, jo- Joss Whedon took horror. And turn it on its ear. You know, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it was all about like how the bimbo is usually the first one that gets killed in a horror movie. In this, the bimbo is the one that ends up kicking ass and kill. And now with the TV show, they made her a lot more substantial. Sure. Uh, but in the movie, this the what's her name? Uh, yeah, I want to say. I don't want to. Say, it's I have something... Cynthia Rothrock that's on, and I'm like, I know that's not the right name. <laughs> Kelly Rohrbach. And yeah, Kelly Rohrbach. Boom, oh, Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. Of course. But she's totally like the bimbo. She's the airheaded bimbo who ends up getting trained to be the Slayer. And that's kind of what George Lucas was doing with this movie, with Princess Leia. Like, up until this point, princesses were just, you know, damsels in distress. Right. And they had to be rescued. And with Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, he turned it on its ear and she was like, you want to get this fucking walking carpet out of my way? <laughs> yes. Like I, I love the attitude. I love that she's she isn't a woman that really needs to be rescued. Again, she just needed somebody to open the fucking door. They they give you the clues too that she's like resilient to the effects of the uh, the interrogation droid. That's right. She doesn't give it up. And so- I love the uh, the the high tech <laughs> appearance of that droid. By the way, it just looks like somebody <laughs> took a trash can 
and then like super glued a needle. A needle onto like, it. That's right. Jen and I were watching that, and we both just kind of spontaneously started laughing at the, at the hilarity of that image of just like, like yes. and they do the close push in on that needle. And I'm just like, I guess that they needed something intimidating looking, and then <laughs> like, like, oh, well, a the, needle. the needles are intimidating. Let's just glue one to the side of this trash I, can. I love going back to it and watching it because it looks like something out of Portal. Like, like some kind <laughs> yes! of a, a silly robot that they put together for Portal. Uh, but at the time, man, it had to be intimidated. It intimidated me when I was a kid. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But no, you're right. Going back as an adult. It's silly. Like, mm, this maybe isn't quite as scary as it A lot be. of the tech kind of still feels very 70s. As mm-hmm. timeless as this movie is, uh, some of the, <laughs> just the, the knobs, like everything looks like it should have wood paneling. Yes. Like the interior of the Death Star, all those big switches are just like con- uh, like a control room Boom. from NBC, circa nineteen seventy seven. I love the um, the whole bit about and and you, you remember this when the prequels came out and everybody's like, why does everything look newer in the older times? Well, see, this is the golden age and before, uh, and that was how you tried to explain it—that it was the golden age. Bullshit. Yeah, I call shenanigans. It's, it was it, because it's nineteen fucking seventy, and that's the that is the appeal. That's where I will stand up for the design. Obviously, the yeah, set the, the production art, art design. direction, mm-hmm. uh, production design. Thank you. Um, it, it had a lived in feel. Not everything was sleek and perfect. And this is you know back in the seventies, like everybody's idea of the future was, oh, we're going to be wearing plastic clothing and we'll live in all white rooms, you know, with like chairs that are curved and blue milk. We yes, <laughs> bantha milk. And then here comes this film. And everything kind of feels dirty, and yeah. he's beating on his car like it's a 57 Chevy. Yes. Trying to get it to work. Well, that was an Empire Strikes Back. He didn't do that in this one. That is, yeah, but he does call it like... He uh, didn't do the Fonzie. He doesn't call it like a hunk of junk or something at one point? No, uh, That's what Luke calls it. He's oh, like, yeah. a piece of junk? That's right. It's the fastest ship in the galaxy, kid. You have never, you've never you've heard never of the Millennium heard of the Falcon? All right, here's a question. So it's like a Corellian? Corellian freighter. Freighter, Okay. Why but is... he's made some special modifications and stuff. <laughs> okay. Is, that's what it is. <laughs> fast then. enough for you, old man. Why is there only one Millennium Falcon? Because Why it's can't his, they mass produce them? They have mass produce. There's those Corellian freighters. Uh, I but can't they're not what all the called the Millennium Falcon. No, it's kind of like a boat. They, oh. they, not every boat is named the Titanic. He just named it Jenny, he basically. Just, yeah, he named it Jenny. He named it the Millennium Falcon. All right. Yeah. But it used to belong to Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Oh, and he won it from Lando fair and square. Do you think we'll see that in the uh, solo? Probably. Solo round. Probably. With Donald Glover playing yeah. Lando, right? I'm excited. How many directors are they on now with that uh, one? I think four or five, maybe. <laughs> I think the Duffer brothers have been brought in to do some finishing touches. <laughs> so now they're going to go into the upside down. Dude, that'd be great if... Uh, <laughs> Donald Glover's going to show up. I would just, love to see... Chewie versus the Demigorgon. <laughs> Chewie is the Demigorgon. Oh, my God. You know, uh, I heard that uh, Bruce Willis's ex-wife was up for that role. Who's his? They were going to name it the Demi Mormon. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I fucking fell into that joke. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know why she didn't take it? Oh, no, <laughs> religious <Why>? differences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking punchy right now, that's guys. Great. I have a broken tooth. <laughs> yeah, what the hell happened, dude? I so uh, like five years ago, I did a play called The Musical Comedy Murders of 1940 at the Pocket Sandwich Theater. Humble brag. <laughs> Uh, I did that. So <laughs> one day, uh, I think it was like right after we opened, I was like, I woke up and I had some leftover cold pizza in the fridge and mm. I'm out in the backyard and I'm eating it and my dog wants to come over. He wants a piece. I'm like, you want a piece? You want a piece? And I was like, nope. And I took a bite of the crust and crack, crack the tooth. crust? So I go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. They check it out. I'm like, I broke my fucking tooth. I'm going to, I'm going to need to get this replaced. 
And, uh, and they go, okay, well, we're looking at your dental records. It looks like that wasn't actually, that was a filling. And the filling came off. Mm. I was like, oh, shit. They're like, well, we can try to replace it. But here's the deal. Like, it might stay. It might not. If it doesn't stay, we'll probably have to redo the crown. Uh. That was five years ago. And here we are. And then today, <laughs> I'm eating chocolate-covered almonds, and I take a, a bite in the back there, and pff, same thing, like a crunch. Uh. And I didn't at first, I didn't remember what happened in 2012. And so I'm like feeling, I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I broke, I broke like half of my tooth off. And then I remembered, oh, fuck, I... Five years ago, I thought the same exact thing, and I think this is the same tooth. So I've, I go in tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Oh, no. But right now, it feels like I have half a tooth. My back molar, I have half a tooth. Is your tongue like getting like rubbing up against it? No, and but stuck? the cheek is. And so it's got that... Is it sharp? That, that feeling that like I have something between my teeth. Mm, I hate that. But I don't. It's just my incomplete tooth. You literally don't have anything in between your teeth. <laughs> Not even tooth. Not even tooth. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah. Well, you're, uh, you're really hanging in there. Are, well, you on, are you on drugs? No. No, okay. No. Uh, I was going to try to get some Tylenol on the way here, and I forgot, I forgot to stop and get Are you some. in any pain? Not really. Are you uncomfortable? Uh, well, to tell you the tooth. Oh, uh, good. Wah, 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 Oh, my God. You, uh, you are becoming your father. <laughs> Happy birthday, old man. <laughs> I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. Uh, yeah, so we never... In a million years, I think, thought that Leia was going to be Luke's sister. Uh, and no. I'm saying this as if we were people who were walking in to see Star Wars for the first time. You know, we are led to believe that Luke and Leia are supposed to end up being a couple. Like that. that right, of course. That's our protagonist. She and that's kisses the lady. him before they swing across the gate. Uh, the... For luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and and it, it, that's funny to me. And I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot about it. That just the design of that area doesn't seem to make sense when they swing from one to the other how does that bridge work cuz there wasn't like there wasn't a door straight like right across from them it was the bridge to there nowhere was one up there yeah it it's was like that one in alaska where the fuck was that going to go <laughs> nowhere it is really there just to, and what is that uh, showerhead spout sticking out that he's able to lasso <laughs> like, yeah, oh, i know a- it's a horrible base <laughs> And honestly, it's manned by the worst people in the world because all of their problems could have been solved had everyone just said, hey, lock all the doors. Yes. <laughs> lock every door. Yeah. We're going to go through the Wherever doors one by one. Don't you have security cameras? And we're going to find, hey, where does this shaft go to? Blah. Oh, they're watch down in the watch garbage watch disposal? Watch okay. Everybody go to that door. <laughs> we're going to open it and shoot. Or, Slowly. Yeah. yeah or just drown them. Or crush them. Yeah. And be like, okay. We're just crushing. Hey, somebody stopped it. We'll start it again. <laughs> it should work like that. If R2 is able to override it, we should be able to override it back. That's another thing. Like, what? Any random droid can just roll into your your multi billion dollar space station yeah. and stuck its USB port into your uh, which Death makes Star which makes you think. It? Why wouldn't they just send the droids in? Yeah. Send stay, in the stay, droids. Stay hidden in the compartments in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, no one will suspect it. Send C-3PO and R2-D2. Droids everywhere. And yeah, all over the place. Shut that shit send down. Send them. They can go. They would have infiltrated that place way better than hey, any humans infect in a it with Wookie. a virus. Yeah. And then get the hell out of there when the, when the power's down. I remember this movie. It had Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. <laughs> uh, 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 well, uh, well, well, give it a virus. <laughs> Oh my god, hey, dude! I was gonna door. ask you. I was just about to ask you about Holy that. Holy shit! What, did, okay, did I lead you astray? So I remember 
thinking that, like, the casting of Jeff Goldblum seemed odd. Like, uh, I don't know, man. It's fucking Jeff Goldblum. You know what you're going to get with him. Why? In a Thor movie? No. But what I didn't realize is they were making a comedy. This is a comedy. This is Guardians of the Galaxy 3, basically. Oh, yes. But, oh, man, it's so good. It's so entertaining. Uh, Has the Thor character ever been as interesting to you? No, no, it never was. No. Not even since the comics when I was reading as a child. No, dude. He is so... Engaging and charismatic so in this funny. movie. From that opening scene. Oh, yes. Where he's like spinning around. <laughs> yeah. Wait for it to come back wait, around. Wait, wait. Let's wait for it to come back around. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything because no. it's still in theaters. But guys, go see Thor Ragnarok. Down it's at Ragnarok. So Down at Ragnarok. <laughs> uh, like the, his relationship with Hulk. But no, I, dude, Jeff Goldblum is so fucking great in this. Tom Hiddleston. His relationship with Thor, Loki and Thor. It's, it's so fun. And I love the... Uh, what the f- I can't think, remember her name. The female. Oh, the Valkyrie yeah. character? Yeah. I, d- I don't remember her name. Tessa Thompson. There you go. She's fantastic, man. Kate Blanchett? Oh, dude! Sexy Kate Blanchett? I expect it from her. But it's got its own feel. Like, it, it takes, it picks its cues up from Guardians of the Galaxy. It still feels like but a Marvel. It, it has its own original, like, and, and I think I said this last week, it feels like an 80s movie, but a different kind. Like, this is like the John Carpenter 80s movies. Who would have thought that in the year 2017, like, the 1980s would be reborn. I, I, that I, seems to make sense. But I feel like it's been a long we time had a big coming. Res- in the 90s, we had a big resurgence of stuff that was like in the 60s and yeah, in the 70s. In the I 70s. know, but I, I just feel like we've been in the 80s for a while. I was waiting for it to die off, but it's at its apex this year yeah. between Stranger Things because these people are people, children from the 80s are now making all these movies, That's right? And it starts, you know, blame J.J. Abrams. I will. You got- <laughs> okay, because <laughs> uh, what was it, eight millimeter? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's Wait, true. was it eight? Yeah. No. Eight, no. <laughs> eight that, was, that was the, the Nicolas, Nicolas Cage, Cage movie. Horror film. What was it called? Super 8. Super 8. Yeah. Which I love. That's But that started this whole thing. You look at Super 8. It's a good point. And then you look at Stranger Things, look at It. Uh, have you seen It yet? No. God damn, Joel. I will. I will. I'll wait for it I think, I think you'll like I it. I think it's out of theaters already. So here we are. Yeah, we're coming up on a, an hour and 15. <laughs> so Star Wars. Is I mean, it's Star Wars. You could talk about it forever, right? We, we really could. And listen to our other episodes where we did talk about it forever. So before we get into finding out what this movie did right and what it did wrong, mm. let's talk about our sponsor, Videoblocks. Yes. Videoblocks.com is where you go when you're looking for stock footage, images, audio. Uh, they've got a special deal going on right now. You get a one-year subscription uh, for the price of $149 a year. That's the triple bundle, video, audio, and images. So $149, that's well, a subscription for the year, but that's only a limited time thing, right? That's right. That's only through the end of the year. So if you're thinking you're going to wake up on January 1st after a night out of partying and subscribe to Videoblocks for that 149 deal, you'd be mistaken. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do it now. You've got to go to videoblocks.com slash editing bay. That's B-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash editing bay uh, to subscribe for this uh, special offer through the end of the year. Triple bundle video, audio, and images for 149 That's cool, man. Yeah. Thank you, Videoblocks. All right. Here it comes. Here it is. What did Star Wars do right? You mentioned it earlier. It basically took all the um, all the old stories that are passed along through history. You know, with Greek, whether it's Greek mythology, the same. You know, that hero's journey, mm-hmm. and took it out of the old school and gave it a facelift yeah. and brought it into the future. Yes, both in 1977 and a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. That's what I was talking about with the the Joss Whedon thing. That George Lucas was the Joss Whedon of 77. He kind of took the that that classical uh, that that composition and turned it into something new and gave us something we didn't expect. Uh, the, the character of Han Solo, 
this guy who's dangerous that we're not quite sure if we could trust him or not. Right. right? Selfish. He's a, I, I don't think that the first time I saw Star Wars, I didn't think I expected Han to come back, you know, to, oh, to help to help Luke. But there he was. You know, he came on back. I guess I should have expected it since, you know, <laughs> I thought he was the main character in Empire Strikes Back. Well, you were still uh, getting your training wheels. That's right. As far as films go. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the, that he had done it in a fresh new way for 1977. What did Star Wars do wrong? We're talking about the acting earlier, and um, it's uneven, to say best. We've got some great performances, but uh, we also have some uh, some wigglings in there. And some takes where I really wish they would have just given it one more shot. Yeah. Given Luke another chance to to deliver that line. Or let more. those stormtroopers try to walk into the room one more time <laughs> without Nobody banging saw their <laughs> that guy hit his head. I, I can't believe I've they seen it as many times. They the sound of it. <laughs> they they oh, foleyed the sound of him hitting his head. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> in fact, they even have one of the stormtroopers go, check on him. Oh, really? Yeah, I Make think sure they, they, added the, they added that after the fact, like a voiceover of check on him. Now, was that a special edition, 1997 edition? I don't think so. I think that's actually in the original as well. J- uh, what did I'll you watch? Did you rewatch this film again, or are you pulling from your vast No, I, I rewatched this, man. Yeah, we did, I re- too. I rewatched this movie. Sadly, you can't get... Although, if you, you believe the rumors, you hear the rumors about Disney buying Fo- uh, Fox? Fox. Yeah. yeah, 21st Century Fox. And that's the uh, the last hurdle that we would need to get an original cut. X-Men, if too. It's still, uh, to get the X-Men as part of the MCU. Oh. <laughs> Dude, are you not excited about that? That they would get the X-Men as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You know, Universe? it's been so long since I read the comics, and I'm so used to the the movies that we have now, that seeing those two in the same universe seems odd. Man, we could get a new Wolverine. Well, they're going to have to reboot everything anyway, so that would be the time to do it, right? Yeah. Do it right. Would we get a new Wolverine, or do you think they'd be able to talk Hugh Jackman into doing it again? Hugh Jackman's getting way too old. Is like, he? They're having to CGI his ass. So <laughs> it's, it's getting kind of... It's, we're getting into uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator movies category. Oh, poor Hugh Jackman. No, yeah. So, you so know they're Logan, making another Terminator. Yeah. yeah. They, they'll never stop making those. No, that's, Never stop, that's stop. about it. Uh, because James Cameron's like, well, I keep getting that check. <laughs> you guys keep using my property. I was I, watching Terminator 2 on TV last night, oh so uh, I'm part of the problem. Uh, did I did I say what I thought that this movie did wrong? No. Uh, adding the subtitle, A New Hope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I think this movie did wrong. No, uh, what I thought Star Wars did wrong was I don't think that it really... To go back, they didn't really develop the Darth Vader character mm. enough. And I get that that's part of the surprise of Empire Strikes Back. But at the time, you didn't know that was going to happen. You know, he was a little bit um, two-dimensional. Uh, he was kind of the Ming the Merciless of this Star Wars movie. Yeah. And I felt like they had the building blocks of enough depth for that character. And the fact that you let him live to see another day, to fight another day. They knew. they. You should have developed him just a little bit more, given him just a little bit more meat. And also, I wish they would have explained a little more with like Obi-Wan disappearing. When Obi-Wan died, he becomes like one with the Force, I guess. I wish that would have been explained more. And I feel like Darth Vader is strong enough in the Force, even on the dark side, that he would understand he would what's have known. going on. He would have known what's Instead happening. Instead of stomping around in his robe. Yeah. Although I guess he... And why would he step... Why did you step on the robe? Do you think that... Is Obi-Wan hiding under there? <laughs> is that what he was trying to see? Is there a drop door? Did you... Did you... Did you shrink? Did you use this force to shrink? That'd be funny. A little Somewhere naked Obi Wan. Obi Wan just running around. And I think that was the joke that like there's a naked Obi Wan running around the Death Star. Honey, I shrunk the Jedi. <laughs> and it wasn't really him using the force to talk to Luke. He was just on a radio. <laughs> use, use the force, Luke. 
uh, oh gosh, yeah. And then there's the the bit where they're doing the Death Star run, and Luke has like got the targeting computer, and he just turns it off, and they're like, Luke, is everything all right? You turned off. You your... turned off your targeting computer, and you hear me. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> and I just feel like there's a couple hundred thousand people on the planet going. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Could you turn that turn back, back on? on. <laughs> Can you not use the force while also having the targeting computer on? That would just saying that would make a lot of us feel a whole lot better. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so, if we were going to remake Star Wars, how would we do that? Well, Joe, I have done another one of my famous uh, recast ensembles. I did not. So I'll go first. Sounds great. So you can give us you can give us the uh, the flourish at the end. We'll do. Uh, All right. Let's start with uh, Tarkin, Mm. Grand Moff Tarkin, Governor Tarkin. Uh, (laughs) I should have recognized your foul stench when I was. That isn't. Hmm. What does he say? Resilient to the last. I can't Uh, remember what. Uh, so I've got Benedict Cumberbatch playing oh, my Grand Moff Tarkin. That's great. Uh, I know you're gonna you're gonna like some of these. R two D two. Who do you think I put there? We cast droids. Yeah. Um, who's the guy who does Gollum? Dude, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Wrong. Peter Dinklage. Oh, oh the only no. one that's gonna fit in R two D two. Of course. What are you talking you're actually about? gonna have them. So I'm picturing we're using uh, modern techniques and no, mo- mo- we're, capping. we're using as many. Uh, All right. You just just. Uh, <laughs> Practicals as we can. Fair enough. To give some weight to this. C-3PO. Tom Hiddleston. Oh. Oh. Is my C-3PO. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi played by Brian Cranston. Uh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Uh, we, I, I kind of went... I, I went a little against type there. I was originally going to go with like Ian McKellen. I was like, ooh, that's going to be my... He's already done. But he, yeah, he did Gandalf. He's Magneto. Yeah. Fuck it. You don't get to be in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Too. Can't take all of our childhood. <laughs> Uh, the voice of Darth Vader, you know, Ooh. no, first Chewbacca, <laughs> Joe Manganiello. <laughs> That's going to be my Chewbacca because he's beastly and I he's like tall. It. I like it. Uh, my Princess Leia played mm. by Shailene Woodley. Ooh, ooh, yeah, she's fiery. Yeah. She's divergent. Uh, my uh, voice of Darth Vader, Idris Elba. Ooh, oh, nice. And that leaves my Luke and Han. Mm-hmm. I'm digging into the MCU for this. Of course. Han Solo, Chris Pratt, man. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then uh, Luke Skywalker, played by Spider-Man's Tom Holland. Oh, dude, I had that then, thought then as then well. And they've got like that, 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 because there's so many times where Han Solo is calling Luke kid. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be much of an age difference between them. Like, they still kind of seem close. Whereas if you have Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, he's and obviously Chris Pratt's like calling him kid. Much younger. He's so, he's much younger. I love that. Uh, and then all this, and I've, I've mentioned this before years and years and years ago, that after seeing Sunshine, I want to see a Star Wars movie directed by Danny Boyle. Oh, that'd so be great. That's, that is my director. He hasn't done a sci-fi film since, has he? No, I don't think so. Ah, I like that. Nicely done. Mm, thank you. Well, my first instinct was to uh, cheat and uh, take the cast of uh, The Force Awakens and just do it. Of course, you got uh, Daisy You're Ridley. going back to Jakku? That's right. Yeah, John Boyega would be Luke. You need a pilot. Oscar Isaac would be uh, Han Solo. But I didn't go that route. But sure. you, can, you can imagine it, but it's it's that's a little too of a one-to-one. I can one. only imagine. But instead, I did... Um, I did Guardians of the Galaxy, as we mentioned earlier. So while you had Chris Pratt as Han Solo, I actually had him as Luke Skywalker. Because I like to kind of see, maybe he'll be a little more Andy Dwyer in this version. Can't you see Andy Dwyer running in? Could they make him doughy in the stu- and like Storm heavy Trooper? again yeah. as, with his belly sticking out? I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. I'm also the lead singer of Mouse Rat. <laughs> Real. <laughs> We were in a band. Riding Little Sebastian to the Death Star. Band. <laughs> or could Darth Vader be Little Sebastian? <laughs> I like that. 
<laughs> but Chris Pratt is Luke Skywalker. Of course, that would mean uh, Zoe Saldana is Princess Leia. Uh-huh. How about that? Uh, Bradley Cooper is my Han Solo. How nice. about that? Picture I like him that. in the, uh, the outfit. Which means Chewbacca would be... Groot. Mm-hmm. That's right, Vin Diesel doing oh, the voice of. Oh, I thought you meant just like it's just the CG Groot <laughs> is. Yeah, would be Chewbacca probably. Uh, Lee Pace would be our Darth Vader instead of Ronan. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Michael Rooker as Governor Tarkin though? Oh, that's pretty good. Or Grand Moff Tarkin, not Governor. Yeah. I keep calling him. Well, Governor. Like she, I think she calls him Governor. She does Tarkin. call him Governor Tarkin, uh-huh. doesn't she? Uh, and then Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm going to stretch into the Volume 2 sequel and pull Kurt Russell. That's fucking great. That's my Obi-Wan Kenobi, Dude, of course. Anytime you pull Kurt Russell out, man. Right. All directed by James Gunn. Love it. Thank you. Guys, if you have any thoughts about how you would recast Star Wars, if you have thoughts about what Star Wars did right, did wrong, uh, please share your thoughts on our Facebook page. In the Facebook search bar, put in the editing bay. That's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Uh, and click on that, and that's where you could talk back to us. And if you've got ideas for movies for us to watch in the future, uh, we would love to hear from you on that front as well. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is editingbay.com. If you go there, we have recently uh, revamped it, gave it a little bit of a facelift uh, so that we can add a battery in for our lovely sponsor, videoblocks.com. Also, uh, we have uh, our most recent tweets down there at the bottom of the page, a link to our uh, Facebook, the aforementioned Facebook page. Also got uh, all of our archived episodes, all of our old episodes, a little episode tab there. We also have a tab there for merch if you want to support the show. We're still selling our t-shirt there from back in the day. <laughs> from four years ago. <laughs> Joe, we need to recoup hey, the money that Joel spent on these t-shirts. It's retro. It's retro now. Retro. Retro now. <laughs> it's got He-Man, guys. All of that and more at editingbay.com. Oh, my God. Uh, please leave us a rating and a review on your podcasting app. Just pull that up on your, uh, your iPhone uh, or your iPad. Whatever you get us on, uh, if you've got that podcasting app, tap on that. Put in the editing bay in the search bar and find our logo. Uh, when you go there, you can leave us a review and a rating. Five-star rating would be fantastic. And uh, and let us know what you like about the show. Uh, and if you have any criticism, that's cool. You know, we, we want to grow. We want to make ourselves better. As long as it's five-star criticism. Don't be a dick and make it like a half-star thing and be like, yeah. I don't like your face. Because you know what? We don't like your face either. <laughs> You'd better watch yourself. I've got the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be more careful. You'll be dead. Escalate this quickly. This little one isn't worth the trouble. Dude, that Ponda Baba guy, I was always like, he's got a butt for a mouth. Yeah, like, he does. Boop, boop, boop. Even the noise he makes. Uh, all right. Head. So um, what the fuck are we going to do next week? Great question, Joe. It's my pick this time. Thank Thanks. you for uh, taking us down this journey from 40 years ago. No, but thank you for going down this road. I want to rewind to about 17 years ago. Think back to 1990. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about uh, <laughs> comic book movies. Um, all, of course, the MCU and the DCU now. Okay, uh, 1990. Back before... When uh, we were making comic book movies, we thought they all had to be colorful, and we had to have costumes, and they had to, the characters had to look one-to-one in real life the way they looked. Ninja Turtles? In, Are we going to uh, talk about Ninja Turtles? That would be great. We have done our Ninja Turtles episode. Did we do the first one? We, no, we did the third one before, oh, so coming soon to an episode of The Editing I'm Bay. I'm trying to guess. But not next week. Next week, Joe, uh, we're going to visit Oscar winner uh, Warren Beatty. What? Oscar winner... Al Pacino? Al Pacino? Are we talking about what? And uh, Charlie Corsmo, little Charlie Corsmo, as the kid. <laughs> Charlie Corsmo. He was in uh, in 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 Hook. And uh, can't can't hardly wait. That's right. Oh, but that's he, right. He's also in our next film, Dick Tracy. Holy shit! I like that you completely like skipped over like Madonna is yeah. in this movie. I feel like we'll be doing a lot of skipping over Madonna <laughs> when we talk about Dick Tracy next week. She's not the highlight of that film. Holy shit! If indeed there is a highlight. In Dick Tracy. I, I, I Do you remember this? I have never seen this entire movie. 
What? How is that possible? I don't know. I've never seen all of Dick Tracy. Man, I was all about some Dick Tracy back in the day. Yeah, you were. I'm not sure if I needed to <laughs> turn that dirty. <laughs> Not sure if it holds up, though. I'm guessing... You don't know if the dick holds up. (laughs) Well, we are approaching 40. (laughs) Approach? I'm there. That's what happens. I'm already there, man. right behind you, buddy. You're right. Literally. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Well, in that case, it's probably going to hold up just fine. Uh. (laughs) All right, guys. We're going to talk about... Is that streaming anywhere? Um, Is it on any services we could tell our listeners I do believe it is on Netflix. I believe I could fly. Yeah. Or if not, uh, I have a digital copy that I can lend you. You can lend all of our listeners. Cut that part out, Jeff. Guys. I've got a digital copy of Dick. I think it is on Netflix. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Jeff, appreciate you. Yeah. Joel, it was a pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week for Dick Tracy. May the force be with you. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.